I don't want to talk to you. I want to talk to your the other guy. <laughs> Let me talk to him. Okay. Put him yeah, on right I'm now. Across, I'm across the, the room. Hey, this is Ryan. <laughs> uh, Ryan Booth? Yeah, this is Ryan Booth. Who's this? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, how's, uh, how's having a new baby? Oh, don't even act like you care. Um, I, I'm just kidding. I I'm just care. being hard on you because... I miss you. I wasn't in the hospital room. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't hold the leg. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's great. Thank you for asking. Uh, today's episode is is uh, the first time that we all did a show together. Did you know that? That's incredible. Yeah. So do you have anything to say in hindsight? Sure. I probably didn't know what I was saying then, and it probably won't be true now. <laughs> Ryan Booth, everybody. Positive as always. I haven't heard it since we recorded it. Well, that's good. Well, maybe now's the time that you could listen to it and, uh, you know, see how silly you sound. Yeah, exactly. Well, I hope you and Jared are having fun, you know, playing games together. and uh, We're having the best time ever, basically. Well, that's great. We're not not having that much fun. We're not having that much fun at all. Well, can you do me one more favor? Yes. Can you do the ads for the show? Absolutely. Um... (laughs) Uh, oh no, I forgot already. Yeah, music that is really cool with all kinds of cool music that you can license for your awesome new project. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you type in the you the uh, promo, code. promo code good, yeah. you will get twenty percent off of your next checkout. order. Oh yeah, you have to put in the promo code good at checkout, and you'll get twenty percent off your next order. How cool is that? <laughs> and the last and one. Can I tell you how big of a fan of Kessler Crane I am? I use them to move my camera frequently. Um, And if you were to go to KesslerCrane.com and select something that you wanted to buy, when you got to the checkout and you put in Good the Podcast, you would receive 10% off your next order, which is also really cool. I have a funny story that I need need to tell you and Jared about Kessler. Okay. We're here. So... Uh, Kessler sent me a magazine, like their like quarterly magazine, and it, it had a photo of me with a Kessler slider uh, shooting Ryan Booth uh, oh, a couple of years ago, and underneath it, it said filmmaker Jared Hogan. <laughs> Perfect. So this is just a real full circle moment we have here. Yeah, that's <laughs> incredible. I don't know who should be more offended, you or me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, in case Ryan didn't do a good enough job, here's uh, today's sponsors. This season of Good is sponsored by Kessler Crane, manufacturers of innovative tools for filmmakers. Make sure to check out KesslerCrane.com. That's K-E-S-S-L-E-R-C-R-A-N-E.com for more info. This season of Good is also sponsored by MusicBed. MusicBed has been changing the game when it comes to music licensing for filmmakers through curating the best indie music in the world. We personally use them all the time, so make sure you do too. For more info, check out MusicBed.com. Now here's the show. Hey everyone, my name is Jared Hogan. And I'm Christian Schultz. And this is Good. 
This week, me and Jared are both on jobs, and uh, Jared's doing a project with uh, an old friend. His name's Ryan Booth. So this week, we're bringing you uh, one of our favorite episodes that we've ever done, and um, I'm going to go ahead and say it's a lot of people's favorite episode that we ever did, but uh, we're bringing back an old friend, and his name is Ryan Booth. And um, this is a rebroadcast, so if you've already heard this, maybe this is a good time to re-listen and see how silly we sounded uh, a couple you know, months ago. Um, I think we recorded this last January. It could be wrong, but it's somewhere around there. But uh, we had a really good conversation about um, Quentin Tarantino and The Hateful Eight. And then we had a pretty in-depth conversation about the director-DP relationship. And I think this is an episode that a lot of people gained uh, some insight on. And um, that's why it's one of our most popular episodes. So this is a, uh, again, a rebroadcast. This isn't a new episode, but um, I hope you enjoy. And we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And so without further ado, here's the show. Mr. Booth, welcome to Good. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so happy that you're here. <laughs> if, I, if I might add, I quite enjoy the first episode, actually. My favorite part is how you guys um, uh, rarely agreed on anything, which is really awesome. <laughs> that, seems to be, uh, that seems to be congruent with just like how we actually interact. So I'm glad that translated. <laughs> it, it translated yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah, people get the mis- people have the misconception that we are very alike. I don't really know why, but... Me and Jared. It's not I true. Think har- yeah, we hardly agree on pretty much everything. So, but I think it's, that's the basis of a good friendship. Would you say like that, Christian is convinced that his work is good, and I just disagree. <laughs> exactly. So that's the basis for our uh, disagreement. Um, okay, so let's let's jump into this real quick. Yeah, we've all seen it. We, yep. Did we all see seventy millimeter? I saw seventy. Yes. Yes. Okay, so we went to the road show, and. Um, Man, I, maybe I just am so like, I I so have like my hand off like the pulse of the film world, but I'm in Charlotte and I went on December 26th at like 7 PM and I was expecting like, I I don't know. I was not expecting, uh, the line that I encountered when I got to the theater. Hmm. Maybe I, I just like, didn't think that people were like that enthusiastic about Tarantino. I don't, maybe I'm just like like ignorant to that, but it was so long and I barely got a seat. Like I barely, like I I went by myself. So that makes it a little bit easier, but I was not expecting the turnout that, right. Um, I experienced, was it the same for you guys? I, I saw it in Dallas at North park and I don't, I didn't have, there wasn't any line or anything that it was a rather, it was a pretty big theater though. So it was, I didn't have much of an issue of like, I think it was probably like a, a 300 seat, uh, theater and the first three rows were empty. So yeah, I didn't have an issue with it. And Ryan, you saw it last night? I, I literally saw it yesterday. <laughs> um, yesterday at like 12 o'clock. And so... Um, so you're pretty fresh off the experience. Y- yes. Okay. So we had a little um, Twitter interaction this week. And um, <laughs> I wish I had your tweet pulled up, Christian, but can you paraphrase? Uh, verbatim, this is what I said. Uh, hateful eight dot dot dot. Seriously, amazing. One of the best theater experiences I've ever had. Hashtag seventy millimeter. 
Oh, wow. I felt like I was being honest when I tweeted it, but you got super mad at me, Jared. I did not get mad at you. What did I say? (laughs) I said, said, I'm excited uh, to argue about this. That was it. What I felt you were actually saying is like, I can't believe you liked that movie. You dummy. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, that was there for sure. That was implied. Okay, before before we even get started, Ryan, do you have a strong opinion? I don't, actually. Okay, then I nominate you to be moderator. Okay, I will moderate. Here's my idea of how we go at it. Let's just talk first. Let's talk about the the experience of seeing it on 70 millimeter. Let's not talk about the film right now or what you thought about okay. the film. Okay, let's so just, just talk the roadshow about... experience. Yes. Okay. I have to be honest. I couldn't really tell a difference. Maybe that's incriminating. Maybe that's embarrassing. 70 millimeter. <laughs> I, I don't know if I understand all the fuss. Yeah. Ryan, can you speak to that? Did you feel like it was an ex- like a, a unique experience? Um, I mean, I think, I think what was unique was that it was obviously um, a film projection, which, I mean, I'm older than you guys, so I don't know if you guys like actually remember like the scratches and the, that like actual like yeah. seeing the projector. Um, but it, it, yeah. it literally just reminded me like, oh yeah, the, yeah, I remember it used to be like this. Um, yeah. it, it felt a little like, um, a lumberjacky, you know what I mean? Like kind of hip, hip. It felt a little hip, like, um, actually in all seriousness, what it, what it made me think was it's so interesting because Alejandro, um, and Chivo have talked about the Revenant specifically how they wanted to use the cleanest image um they wanted like they shot on alexa 65 with master primes and they wanted the cleanest image with the cleanest lens so that there was nothing between you and what they captured um which i it literally that's the the reason i say that is because it felt exactly opposite of that um when i was watching 70 millimeter it was just like fuzzy and i could see the projector lines going by and like the grain was a very present feeling for me which i know is all different i mean you know we saw it on three different projectors with three different projectionists so there's no telling like you know you one projector may have been crappy and one looked great or whatever but yeah Dude, I think uh, to me, like I noticed just a few things right off the bat, like just the, like the wobble that it had, like straight off the get go with like just the title, you know what I mean? Like in the Cinerama would come, like the Cinerama logo came on, like everything I feel like Tarantino wanted you to feel watching his movie, whether you liked it or not, like you definitely felt those things. And I think like, on Ryan's point, like when, well, when I'm going to see the Revenant and Inaratu's, all of his intentions and everything, I'm, I'm going to feel that. And like, I think that that is like an achievement in some sense, you know what I mean? Like it's an achievement of like a good direction. Like he kind of like went for it and said like, we're going to do this, you know, everything that I felt Tarantino wanted me to feel, that's what I felt. Well, let me, let me preface this a little bit. I had the utmost respect for Tarantino as like a craftsman. I feel like his talent is off the charts. I think it's like the squandering of that talent that was like on full display. What do you mean by squander? Why does this film exist? Please tell me. And I'm not, okay. So I'm not even saying every film, a filmmaker needs to say something or needs to have some kind of theme or some kind of like, 
profound, like moral lesson. But I do feel like on some level, if you're making a film, you're like revealing some sense of like humanity, even if it's just the filmmaker, just the nature of him creating something, he or she creating something. It's like you are yourself like in the film. So when I think about like the point of this movie or like the, the fact that the movie was even made. And then I think about like how it reflects on Tarantino as like a a person. I feel like all it reveals is that he's like, like a sadistic, child (laughs) okay i will agree with you on some points but i will elaborate in my opinion like the downfall of tarantino and i kind of this became very clear when he made grindhouse he's obsessed with with you having the experience that he had when he was a kid that is exactly right yep he's obsessed with you remembering a time when film was special and now film's not special anymore and they they projected on you know dcps and everything's digital and perfect and like you know and that's what he hates and the way that i would like respond to that is like cool dude let me experience the thing that you want me to experience just like any other director you know what i mean just like the a director that would have like such a strong motive behind every you know everything in the film and like there's a there's a overall an overarching moral to the film and like the choices are so precious and everything you know which like to tarantino that stuff is kind of secondary what's what's the main thing to him is to create an experience and like granted and i absolutely agree he's obsessed with having an experience over making a film Hmm. but he's so talented like the way he's like able to weave dialogue and like builds like incredible tension the first half of this film is like masterful he's like building this incredible tension you come back from the intermission sorry to you know throw any spoilers out there and it's like he doesn't know what to do except what he's already done which is blow people's heads off yeah (laughs) and it's just kind of like Dude, I've already seen that movie and it's called Reservoir Dogs. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's like, it's probably the same. It's the same idea that any director would have of like, you, that's the thing like Ryan, like you were saying, you went, you went to see it in Charlotte and there was a massive line. It's because Tarantino's Tarantino. Well, it depends how you look at it. At the end of the day, film is a medium about telling stories, right? And I actually think he's a great storyteller. I really do. I just think that, you know, he's way too far into his career where he's not trying to find his voice, right? I feel like he actually just doesn't have anything left to say, at least right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he's just repeating himself. Yeah. But in worse iterations. I mean, I could see that. I mean, I, I do think what I don't know who said it, but they they basically say like any artist only has one thing to say. You just spend your entire career like attacking it from different angles, basically. Okay, if we're talking about what he has to say, literally, what is he saying? Dude, I will agree, man. Like, if if the first part of the movie literally, just, you, I didn't even really need the intermission. It was nice, you know, but like if the first half of the movie just continued on. Like you would have loved it, right? Well, right. And I mean, what, and, and I mean, think about is just the indulgence of it all. 
Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like an intermission. And then we come back and we have to listen to Tarantino talk about his movie in his movie. <laughs> so I think I've said enough, but, and I get it. I get it. Is it entertaining? Yes. On some level it is. Some of it is just like, uh, like jealousy. Like I'm just like, mm. man, if I had the opportunity that he had to make, I mean, he's Tarantino. I'm not, I'm not trying to like, um, oversimplify what he has to do to get a movie made, but the opportunities that he has to like make movies and pretty much like to some extent, whatever movie he wants. And this is what he makes. Yeah. It's hard to swallow that as like a filmmaker who would like kill to have like just like a, a like a fraction of the opportunity that he has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think there's danger in like an artist having too much freedom? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So PTA does Boogie Nights and then he does Magnolia. Magnolia he had final cut on. He didn't cut anything. Everything that was in the script he shot and he kept. Now I love PTA and I actually really love a lot of Magnolia, but it's also kind of a huge mess. And I feel like, I don't know if you guys agree with that, but like he could, he had anything he wanted at his disposal and he just couldn't, he couldn't refine it. He couldn't like, he couldn't edit himself. I don't know. I just feel like maybe when you've got everything at your fingertips, it like the creative process becomes very strange. I mean, I could see that. I mean, I I would say like the most probably instructive metaphor for this film in my mind is I was listening to an interview with a producer and um, she was saying that um, in the original form of the script, it it even mentioned like certain scenes that were supposed to be shot in 70 millimeter. It was like, you know, exterior filmed in glorious 70 millimeter or whatever. Um, And it was only, it was only supposed to be the, um, the kind of opening sequence, all the snow landscape stuff was going to be what they shot in 70 and the rest was 35. You know, at some point he just decided, "Ah, let's just do the whole thing in 70. I did have this constraint. We were going to do it in this you know, just this part that was like totally necessary, which let's be honest, shooting interior close-ups in 70 millimeter, like probably not, you know, super critical, but he went ahead and did it anyway. That's probably like, I don't know. Yeah, totally. And and, and I do want to like say, I'm not, I like Tarantino. I like Kill Bill. I like Reservoir Dogs. I like Jackie Brown. I actually really like Django. I like uh, Inglorious Bastards. I like most of his stuff. It just kind of felt like how many times in a row can you do this? Um, so all that to say, I respect his talent. I respect him as a director, respect him as a writer. It just kind of felt like I don't know how many more times I can sit through this again. Let's let Ryan have the last word. What's the resolve on this, Ryan? Uh, it'd be awesome to be in a position to like, um, absolutely not need anyone's restraints (laughs) positive review or negative review ryan i give it a thumbs down Ah! a gut wrencher all right i win i I mean i will say the seven the 70 millimeter like seeing it in the whole shebang or whatever like i mean i enjoyed i actually enjoyed that but like if this came on netflix i probably wouldn't watch it again After the break, we continue our conversation with Ryan Booth about the director-DP relationship. But first, let's hear from our sponsors. This musical break is brought to you by our friends at Musicbed. Music Bed. 
Geekbed's roster of artists include everything from veteran bands and composers to some of the industry's most exciting emerging artists. Bands like Clubhouse. You're hearing their single, Blame the Weather. And other bands like River Wireless, Pusher, Francis Cone, and more have been making waves in the indie scene. So if you're looking for a soundtrack that'll make your project stand out, try licensing from one of Musicbed's incredible up-and-coming artists. With a roster that's always growing, there's always a new great band to discover. Right now, they're offering 20% off your next custom license. Just enter promo code GOOD when you check out. For more than a decade, Kessler Crane has been designing and manufacturing innovative tools for filmmakers, including camera cranes, jibs, motion control systems, sliders, dollies, tripods, and other camera accessories. They also have a commitment to making products in the USA. For more info, go to KesslerCrane.com good. That's K-E-S-S-L-E-R-C-R-A-N-E dot com slash good. Also enter the code GOODPODCAST during checkout. Save 10% off your entire order. Now, let's get back to the show. So, part of uh, my working relationship with Ryan is um, we've worked on... Have we just worked on two projects together? Only two, man. Ryan has DP'd uh, two projects for me. One, uh, a narrative short and one, a music video. And um, you've also worked with Christian. Yerp. When did we wrap, Ryan? Um, August. We just wrapped... Uh, late last year on a feature documentary. Yep. Yeehaw. So, um, you know, I think Ryan, you've got an interesting perspective. You kind of, uh, straddle this line between, uh, DP, um, and director. Mm. So I kind of wanted to like pick your brain from like both sides. And, um, my real question is, and we'll go kind of like one at a time from your perspective as a DP, like, what are you looking for from a director in order to like help you be successful? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the main thing is decisiveness, like working with a director who knows, knows what he or she wants is the single largest factor in a productive, uh, work experience. Like I need to know what you want. And, um, because the plan will change. The plan changes like a ton as we get into it and go forward. And so like if you as the director don't have a very clear picture of what it is that you're wanting to accomplish, um, we're going to we're going to totally have a problem. And that does not mean that you know exactly how things are going to go, but it means that you are actively participating in updating the plan as things are changing. Yeah. Um, and I think that, like, as long as everyone can see that you're doing that as the director, um, you know, we're good. Yeah. Okay. Let's also take this moment real quick to address the fact that um, there is a monsoon um, I know, happening sorry, it's so in Houston loud. right now. No, it's okay. Uh, but just so people, just so people know. Yeah. So what's happening right now is it's raining so much in Houston that I'm sitting inside of the closet inside of my bathroom and I have two blankets over my head over the microphone and the computer and it still sounds like this. So, you know, forgiveness, please. No, I, man, you went to extreme lengths to make this work. So Dude, just that mental picture of Ryan sitting in his bathroom closet with two blankets over his head is like, is like worth the, the, the bad audio quality for me. <laughs> it's true. It's true. That's awesome. Um, what attracts you to a director that you want to work with? 
I think the way that like seeing how they construct stories, um, I think is, is really kind of the first place I go. Like, I don't even care necessarily if the director has like a very distinct visual style. Um, I'm not necessarily looking for someone who like, likes all the same movies I like, you know, per se, but I think that, um, you know, if, if they have an interesting way of, um, kind of telling stories of, of putting things together in slightly unexpected ways. I think that that is, is really compelling to me. I think sometimes I even look for directors who don't necessarily do what I do. Um, just because I think when there's a little bit of creative friction between the DP and the director, it can make for, for interesting work. I'm trying to remember how we even got connected to begin with. I think that was just via... I reached out to you. Oh, no, I know what it was. Christian did the music bed profile video on you. And in that, you um, were talking about your VHS camera. And you had it, like you had a picture of your VHS camera from, you know, back yes. in the day. And I literally was in production on a music video and I needed yeah. to create some old archive footage. Oh, yeah. And I needed a VHS camera. And I literally emailed you and said, hey, man, I saw you in the video that you have a VHS camera. Would you mind mailing it to me? And you mailed me your VHS camera so that I could shoot an Al City music video. Nice. Dude, I totally forgot about that. Isn't that crazy? That seems like ancient history. <laughs> Did you know that story, Christian? Have you ever heard that before? I mean, no, I've never heard that, but it doesn't sound too far away from what I would normally do. It's just bringing people together through the power of film. Thanks. That was, Thanks, yeah. Christian. You're a sweetheart. Right? Dude, that's funny. I totally forgot about that. Okay. So um, mm-hmm. we got connected, Ryan, and then um, we... I called you, I think I just kind of like emailed you out of the blue because I had this short that we were making Mm -hmm. and I never met you before. And I was like, Hey man, um, I'd love for you to come shoot this with me. And you showed up in Charlotte on like Mm a Monday morning or something, uh, like early. (laughs) And then I was like, Oh, Hey man. And we like hugged. And then you hopped in a, uh, like a 16 passenger van with a lot of equipment and like crew you never met. And we went and um, shot a film called The Burning Bush. Yep. And my question for you is, I'm not looking for um, anything necessarily like specifically like about me mm-hmm. um, or that process necessarily. But um, I guess I'm wondering, like, you hop in a car and you're going to make a film. I'm sure that's probably kind of a unique situation. Um, but what, like, as a DP, as like an artist, as like somebody who's you know, has like a very specific skill set that's kind of, um, on display for this project. What, what are you doing first? What am I doing first? Like what's Um, going through your head? What are you trying to like, what's your process at that point? Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I will back up and say that that, that exact experience, which is, Hey, how's it going? Nice to meet you. We've talked on the phone a few times, but like now we're now, now we're shooting, um, is actually pretty common for me. Um, and in fact, it's gotten crazier because the crews are like get bigger, basically. And so, um, like culminating in November, me walking on to set with like almost a hundred people going like, Hey, how's it going? All right, let's uh, get to work. Um, 
you know, I mean, I, I would say that that's a, that's like not an uncommon experience. Um, and so I think the, the first thing is, is really just like um, figuring out how the director communicates, which obviously we've started, I've started trying to work on understanding that way before we end up in the van driving to go shoot. Um, I think it's, it's partly through email. It's partly through phone calls, um, reference images, obviously the script, previous work, all of that stuff, trying to start to understand like your thought process and how you're going to want to construct this thing. I think the goal for me as a DP is to put as many tools in my tool belt as possible in terms of understanding how to interpret what it is that you're asking for. Um, I rely as little as possible on specific words like, hey, can you put the camera here and shoot this shot? Um, that to me is like not interesting information. What's interesting is what you're telling your actors in between takes, what you're talking to your producer about, um, what kind of sandwiches you order for everybody. You know what I mean? It's like that. It's like all the little stuff. I feel like. So your ears and eyes are just kind of like open, open. and aware. Absolutely. Yeah. I felt like at some point, maybe it was, it was definitely not the first shoot, but maybe the second or third shoot. I think we ended up shooting like six weeks or something like that. But the, the second or third week, like, we were pretty in sync with like exactly what this thing was supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because the way that you, um, how instinctual you are when you shoot, like I felt like extremely inadequate. Like I wasn't telling you enough. Do mm. you know what I mean? Mm. Like I wasn't, um, there was, there was times when I didn't say hardly anything because you were already two steps in front of me, you know, sure. which made me feel like a, um, kind of like a shitty director. Do you know what I mean? No, it's not though. I mean, I think that's, that's something to learn, um, like over time is that like a huge part of your job, um, you know, as the director, um, is to assemble the, the people in front of and behind the camera. Um, and that a, a big part of directing is that assembly. It's putting the right mix of people together with the right mix of skill set, And then literally like, like the wind up toys, just like set them loose to do their thing. And your job is to course correct. It's not necessarily to say, this is what I want you to do now. Now I'll tell you if it's a bad idea. Um, I'm, I have no problem saying that, but what I won't do is put my foot down over an artistic choice. You know what I mean? I'm not going to be like, this is how it's going to be. This is the best way to shoot the scene. You know, that's not, I'm not going to do that. And so I think that, um, you know, I think just learning how to like kind of shift your kind of behind the scenes and in front of the camera crew around as the scenes unfolding is, is, the real kind of skill of production directing, which is very different than pre-production and post-production directing. They're all, they're three different jobs. L let me ask you this. Is there like a, like going into a situation where things are storyboarded and like very sussed out, like very um, organized, like, do you like that? Or do you like, like thrive on the, the unknown of like a situation? The short answer is yes, I will, th I thrive in an environment in which there is very little planned, um, other than, um, ideally a location, um, so that we are not walking in somewhere blind. However, uh, that happens on a regular basis, especially with this kind of doc style work that even most commercials feel very doc style at this point. And so, um, you know, I, I, I enjoy that process of kind of walking in somewhere and going like, Oh my God, I have to make this look cool. And like in 15 minutes, you know what I mean? 
that's when I can move the needle the most as a DP is when, um, we don't have a lot of time and we've got to just make something happen. Um, I can make it look way more planned and way more expensive than it was. Well, Jared, let me ask you a question because I want to hear from you about working with Ryan, but also just kind of working with the other DPs that you get to work with. I guess if you could think back to like before you guys shot it, like what were you anticipating and like, what were the conversations looking like uh, that you were having with Ryan? I don't honestly remember a whole lot of like the pre-production conversations. I think we talked a lot in the van on the way to the shoot. Mm -hmm. We like to kind of like let things happen and like capture it. Yeah. As opposed to like totally like manipulating the situation. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that approach was kind of congruent. My favorite thing about working with Ryan is as a director, and I think we can all like speak to this to some extent. Um, I think we all are like filmmakers who probably shot our own stuff for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan still does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I, and I still do to some extent. And it's, it's a really strange transition to go from that to like, like you said, Ryan handing the camera over to somebody and trusting them to just like take over I mean, honestly, outside of, gosh, that experience when we made the short was one of my like real like first experiences being like, I trust you um, to do this. Right. And, um, and I think what I love most about working with you is the collaboration. It never Mm -hmm. felt like, it never felt like, um, Hey Jared, um, not a good idea. How about this? the conversations were always like probably prompted by me because of like insecurity (laughs) and being like, Hey man, what do you think about this? Um, or Hey, this is like an obstacle or here's kind of a problem or here's what we're trying to do. Let's talk about a solution. Hmm. And, um, the thing I loved about working with you the most is you were never like short on solutions to problems. Yeah. And it was never, like you said, never like shoved in my face, never like we have to do it this way, but it was always like very collaborative Mm. and it made me feel like totally supported. Mm. Well, good. Which is invaluable, especially in that, in that like, you know, uh, intersection of like, maybe I don't have to hold the camera for every shot, you know? And it felt like, it felt like, um, like, what I would imagine that relationship needs to be, which is one of like trust. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's completely critical in that relationship. And to be honest with you, that's why I have not yet like truly hired a DP um, is because a lot of the you guys have trust I, problems. I do. I do. Um, because <laughs> it's difficult. Like the position you guys are in, it's very difficult right now, I can just have an argument with myself in my own head about something. Um, but right now, like my role as the DP has been to kind of be collaborative, help facilitate, you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, like the reason that you're the director, I mean, like your name gets on it, your name is on it as the director, like it is your party at the end of the day, including if it totally sucks. Like I can have added as much as I can. I can try and be as helpful as I can. I can try and, you know, um, contribute as much as I can. But end of the day, man, like 
if you don't know how to tell a story or you don't know what you're doing or it just didn't come together or whatever, like that's completely on you. Um, like you're the guy. Right. And so for me, like I've been, I've had a very difficult time and I'm literally looking at DPs right now for, for a project this year that like will be the first time that I will likely have to hire a DP. And it's, it's, it's been really difficult to try and suss out, like, is this someone who will like earn my trust in a, in a way in which I can really turn it over, like really turn it over. You said earlier, we all came from shooting our own stuff. I think that was literally the hardest thing I had to do. Everything that I've done thus far was all in my head. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you didn't make any storyboards. You didn't really have to like really put anything down on paper because you were going to shoot it. And if you didn't get it, it was your fault. And if you, if you nailed it, then it was also because of you, you know, but like managing the feeling of being inadequate for me is like, like half the game of filmmaking for me. That was the a big portion of the experience that I had with Ryan was like, he's different than I am as a director, but he's just as good as I am as a director. And he's like shooting my, you know, he's shooting my film. So you're so wondering like, if he thinks it's like a stupid idea the whole time. Right. <laughs> That's exactly how I felt. No, I totally like, get that. He would say certain things. And I know this is kind of funny because Ryan's right here, but he would say certain things. And like, even if he was like agreeing with me or something, like, even if he said like, oh yeah, yeah okay. Cause he's like on set, he's very quick. Like he'll just, like you say, like, uh, Ryan, let's go do this. And he'll be like, okay. That is the best Ryan impression ever. <laughs> that is such an, like, that is so on point. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But like secretly I'm thinking like, wait, is that him saying like, that's a bad idea? Cause if it's a bad idea, if Ryan thinks it's a bad idea, then I don't want to do it. You know? And then it's just this rabbit that is trail. So, of just that is like, so funny. Did you not feel that way or did you? I never felt like that with Ryan. I, I, I feel like I got, and it's, it's just, I mean, you're also shooting a feature and you're shooting it for six weeks. It's a totally different experience, but like, you know, me and Ryan shot a short for, what was it, Ryan? Like three days? Three days. Yeah. Um, and then we shot a music video for two days. Which was an interesting experience. Let's be honest. And, and so much of that went wrong. So much, so much of the music video was just a complete bust. And mostly like on me. Well, see, it, like, like that's here's great... an idea that I want to pursue. Right. And then, uh, Ryan, here's how we're going to approach it. And we shot it and we knew like, this is not working. Not working. This is yeah. not working. But I never felt, and I'm not, I'm really not saying this cause you're sitting here. Um, I never felt like the, the, oh my God, you're an idiot kind of thing. I just felt like we were in it together and we were going to figure it out. Mm. Well, and I, I'll say you know, that's, that's like something to really get, uh, used to. I mean, that's, that's difficult for sure. And, and it's really tough for the D, as the DP as well, because if something's not working, if the director is not into what's happening, um, it's very difficult to not, to be able to disassociate that from what I'm actively doing. You know, um, it's like, well, if I was better at framing on a tripod, like then this would be working, you know what I mean? Or, or what, or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. I mean, it happens almost on every project where there'll be just a moment where it's like, if I was just a little bit different or, you know, um, 
if I lit differently or if I uh, move the camera differently, then totally this wouldn't be that big of a deal. But like, I'm not able to do the thing that needs to be done right now to make this all work um, is immediately where I start going when things aren't working on set. Yeah. Um, like you put it on yourself. I put it on me. I'm not going like, wow, the director is a total dumbass. He doesn't know what he's doing. Ryan, would you say that you still feel like that on projects like even recently? Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Like that's interesting. Oh dude. So it, it seems like everybody's having like, you know, an internal mental like struggle. Yes. And it's always like pointed back at like themselves. Yes. I think the, I think the best people, um, will always struggle internally with like this, this means I'm like have an inadequacy. It's not, it's, you know, like the people I feel like who externalize all of those struggles, like, oh, well, we would be doing awesome if like my producer hadn't like fucked this up so badly and gotten me no time and no money. Like, I think that um, those people aren't going to be working super long, <laughs> you know, like what is that come from? And I don't want to get too like a uh, therapy session, but like, where does that feeling actually come from? Do you think like maybe for an example, like it's, I hope it's different for other people, but like for me, like I just like the relationship would just, if we're going to take just the DP, like, but it's kind of with everybody on the shoot, you know, like from the producers, cause everybody's there the whole time. Like everybody's with you. The, the, the whole experience is like with a lot of people, you know, but like, mm -hmm. I just want everybody to feel like they're part of something good. Yeah. And like, I just want everybody to feel like they're having fun. Not, not necessarily fun because it's not fun a lot of the time, you know, it's work. But like, I just want everybody to be as excited about it as I am, you mm. know? And like, mm -hmm. that's kind of like, um, where I start to feel like super down on myself is when I can tell that someone's not as excited as I, as I thought they would be about something or, or something didn't like quite go right or like, but it's, I think you're right. Like it can kind of come down to like even the smallest little minutia of like a schedule, you know, like we didn't get a car big enough to fit our shit. So it's like, now it's stressful. We have to walk with this thing, you know, then you're like, man, like I just start thinking like everybody's like in like sorrow and this is my fault. And like, I'm a shitty director. That's kind of where it breaks down for me is like, I just genuinely want everybody to be, do you know what I mean? Like on this thing together and like oh, having. I totally know what you mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean th think about it. You're, you're managing a schedule. You're managing like individuals. Again, like we said, individuals who are all anxious and you're like really creating experience for people who are there to work on this project. Right. And you're in control. You're making decisions. You're setting like the, the climate for the set. So, I mean, it, all comes back to you. I think that that part of it, I totally is really like, uh, stressful for me. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, yeah. I don't, you can speak to that, but like, um, I think more than anything, this is a, a, like opening up a whole other can of worms, but my relationship with someone like Ryan on set, I feel like he's in it with me when I, um, especially for like a, a very short, like one day or like a half day shoot shooting with actors is when I'm like at my absolute, like most stressed and anxious. And I'm like, yeah, they think I'm a complete idiot. 
that's when I feel that way the most. <laughs> what makes um, you feel that way though? Like you don't, you're not using the right lingo or something lingo or they're like, um, I'm not giving them enough room. Not like I'm telling them like what to do, like too specifically, but like this, um, concept that I've constructed gives them no space to do anything special. Yeah. Um, I'm not asking enough of them or even if I need something, I'm not like you said speaking their lingo. Maybe that's part of it. Like, I don't know what they need from me. No, I, I totally get what you're saying. I think a lot, like a lot of the time I'm trying, like we were, like you were saying, like you're managing schedules and like how people feel. And when it comes to like, especially with this actors or even like, uh, working with, with Ryan or like working with other DPs, like people want you to ask that, like want you to use them. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's like the, the mystery of making a film or the cool factor of making a film that people just kind of like, like want to go there with you, you know, am I wrong? Um, I don't know. I don't think you're wrong. I mean, I think that, um, you know, I mean, I think it's helpful to remember that like everybody feels self-conscious for the most part. The actors are probably as self-conscious as as you are in those situations. But but I think, you know, in the same way that you want to like trust people, like people want to trust you, too. And, and I think that one of the best ways to do that is is um, honesty and decisiveness. I think both of those things, including going like, hey, man, not feeling it at the moment. This scene isn't working. Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't know how to get to where we need to go, but I don't believe the relationship between you two in this moment, this uh, action feels forced. Like what can we do to like, um, simplify this or, or rearrange this or do whatever, um, that like, like you're decisive about the fact that, you know, it's not working. Um, but you, are not necessarily, you're asking for collaboration on how to fix the problem. Um, I think that that's simple, like decisiveness and honesty, like back and forth, back and forth. Um, that's great. It goes a really, really long way to creating that atmosphere of trust. You don't have to have all the answers, um, you know, but you do have to know when there needs to be more work put in on a certain thing. And um, Ryan, can you see the difference between like when somebody, maybe you've worked with the director before, um, that you can just immediately tell that they're just saying things just to have an answer. Yes, for sure. Like, I mean, I, I know when someone's lying. Well, what happens, like, what do you do in that situation? Not like, uh, practically what do you do, but like in your head, what goes on? Um, I mean, I try and just do a damage assessment. Like, you know, if, is the path that they're about to send us down where they're likely just compensating for the fact that they have no clue what they want right now. Um, is that going to send us further away from the, um, solution or is that like, do we need to just start walking in any direction and we'll eventually find our way back? There was a commercial I was on uh, recently. Um, they need this interaction between a mom and a daughter and it just wasn't working and it was not the director's fault. It was just like they, they were clammed up on camera. It just wasn't like, it did not feel real in the slightest coloring in a little book or whatever. And, um, and, um, they were coloring, kind of shooting. I can tell the agencies get nervous. Directors get nervous. Everybody knows like, oh man, this isn't, and, and director did a great job of stepping in and trying to kind of give them things to do that would feel more natural or whatever. And it just wasn't working. Um, it was nobody's fault. It just wasn't working. And, um, 
I noticed her keep looking up at her mom and I just kind of leaned in while we were rolling. We were rolling a take and I just said, hey, like color on your mom's coloring book, you know, like reach across the table and color on your mom's coloring book. She's just like an eight year old. And she did. And the mom, like it was the only honest moment between them, you know, like she was like, Hey, get off my book, you know? And then they kind of laughed and like had a second or whatever. And, and, um, it was exactly, it was, that was the moment, you know, that, that they needed and everybody like breathed a giant sigh of relief. Um, and I say that all to say, like the director was doing a great job. The agency was doing a great job in that exact moment. I just happened to have an idea that like was worth trying what the director had done a great job of communicating kind of internally without freaking anybody out was this is not working. I'm open to to suggestions. And in that moment, my little, little addition to that scene did not make me look awesome. It made him look awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Yeah. That's the key. That's like, like he did a great job of like creating an open enough environment. Um, that basically what I'm saying is that's the opposite of what you described, which is somebody who's kind of going, I don't know what to do internally and externally. They're saying, you do this, you shoot this over here, you move this actor, you do this, pick up the thing and take a drink of the cup on my mark, you know, or whatever. And it's just like, it's okay to not know um, as long as that is followed with this honesty of like, I need, I need input, you know? I think that's something that you get scared about doing like Jared, maybe, I want to hear your thoughts on this, but like, is it because you feel like you're losing control? Yeah. I feel like I I feel like I'm like, if you open the floor up, it makes it look like, you don't. why do I have a job? Like, it's my job to know the answers at all time. Like if I'm opening up the floor, then that's saying to everybody here that, um, I'm not good enough to have my position. Well, I would say as a, as a director and Ryan, I don't know if you agree or disagree, but you're opening the floor up to certain people. If we're talking about a project that me and Ryan have worked on together, I'm not probably going to take a whole lot of like, and not because I'm trying to be like a jerk, but just like trying to have like a higher standard. I'm probably not going to take a whole lot of creative ideas from whoever. Like I'm going to listen to Ryan. And if I've got like an art director, that's like really like synced up with, with me, then like I'll probably talk to him. Um, and if I'm working directly with an actor, I hire them for a reason. And so I want, I love what you said, Ryan, about just like being open and honest about like, I don't know exactly how to solve this problem, but let's figure out a solution together because you're like the expert, like in your field mm-hmm. here. And so I want to give you an opportunity to like bring solutions to the table and let's like figure this thing out together. So but I think having a collaborative environment, that's a healthy way to run a set. You know, it's interesting for some reason what brought up in my mind is, um, which you guys probably don't um, have this feeling, but what is interesting is um, I feel like the relationship, especially on a, on a longer form project, I did three, three projects this year that were over six weeks long. So like with the same director, more or less for six weeks off and on. And, um, is that you kind of like, you develop your working relationship and then you enjoy hanging out together. And like, there's just kind of this camaraderie right around this project. And as a DP, I know that I'm not going to be the right fit for every project that that director is doing, 
but it kind of sucks when you see a director using a different DP, even when intellectually, you know, absolutely they should be using a different DP, you know, like every DP has got a different skill set, and it always kind of sucks a little bit to see like a director working with another DP because you kind of like, Hey, that's like, that's my director. Like, Um, which is really, anyway, I mean, that's kind of a, a tangent point, but, um, well, you shouldn't, uh, you probably don't have a problem with that since you're your own DP. No, but I mean, that, like that would you know, be difficult. That would be different. Yeah. I would, I'd be kind of having a split personality thing to do that. Why am I not working with myself? Why am I, why did I fire my, my DP self? <laughs> totally didn't hire them. Man, that is, that was quite a discussion. Ryan, thanks for giving us, um, so much of your time. Well, let's be honest. We're all buddies. That was a nice discussion. I feel like we could sit around and do that for twice as long. Um, I guess what I'm saying is Ryan, thanks for sitting in your closet for three hours. You got it, man. Um, Ryan, I'll give you one, uh, more opportunity. Any closing thoughts before we, uh, we shut this thing down. I don't know. I'm, I, I keep going back to what you were saying, Christian, which is basically going like, I'm nervous that like I'm feeling this way and that like no one else is like, I'm the only one who feels like insecure as a director or whatever. Um, uh, that would be kind of my, my kind of conclusion conclusion to this is, um, you know, it's, it's complicated. This isn't, this is one of the most complicated ways of like, not just making a living, but trying to make something significant, um, something good. And I think that, um, you know, that means that a huge amount of our time and attention is exactly what we're doing right now, which is kind of talking about what does it mean? How can we be better um, makers of things? How can we be better friends? How can we be better collaborators? How can we be better listeners? If you find people in your kind of sphere that are, that are asking those questions that are, that are kind of seeking that out, then, um, you know, it's these kind of conversations and it's um, that desire to, to be better, you know? Well, we may disagree on some things, but I think we all agree on that. So (laughs) (laughs) meaning uh, hateful eight is what I'm referring to. Um, (laughs) Anyway, Ryan, thanks. This episode of good was mixed by Christian Stropko, or as we like to call him Christian number two. As always, our music today was created by Cubby. That's Cubby with two Bs, and you can check out more of his music at CubbySounds.com. Also, this season of Good is produced by our new friend, Mary Taylor, who'd also like to say something. Maybe next show we can talk about actual filmmaking. To find out more info about today's episode, make sure to go to GoodThePodcast.com. Goodbye.